welcome back everyone to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm excited this week to bring my friend Daniel Tilly back for a good conversation around a topic that's really important in our culture right now. How do we grow and caring for our mental and emotional health. And how, what does the Bible say about that? And this is a complex issue. And so we're just going to have some honest dialogue about it. We won't be able to answer all the questions. And it's kind of a deep uh, topic. So we're just going to intro you into some things the Bible has to say about this that hopefully will encourage you wherever you are. Um, so Daniel, when you're thinking about this topic, where do you think is a good place to start? Um, probably diving into the significance of this topic as why we should discuss it as the church, why we should uh, be aware of maybe spiritual warfare happening during it and how Mm -hmm. we can be there for each other to um, help people who do struggle with this uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, just supporting each other, kind of acknowledging this as a burden that we can actually Mm -hmm. bear for each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I think talking about the significance of this issue is really important because in our culture, the statistics, like if you went to chat GPT right now and said, hey, give me the recent statistics on the rise of mental or emotional health issues, you'd find some really interesting data. There's been Mm. an incredible rise of issues related to suicidal thoughts, anxiety, Mm. depression. Um, and it's very pervasive in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. And people are talking about it. I don't think it's as taboo to talk about mental health and emotional health issues. You've heard like famous athletes like Kevin Love, even Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, people like that that have talked about their struggles with these issues. Mm-hmm. And it's not just out in the world, it's in the church. And so I think a lot of times when people are looking to guidance for mental and emotional health, they're looking to secular sources when the Bible actually has a lot to say about it. And so I think it's really significant that we talk about this in the church, not only because it's a big big issue in our culture, we need to be able to love people where they are Mm -hmm. and deal with the real issues people are facing, but also it's a human problem. Like Mm -hmm. the the Bible isn't scared of mental and emotional health issues and actually has some great wisdom to share with us, some, some practical principles that we can embrace in our life that can help us grow healthier from the inside. And honestly, I think one of the biggest signs of our need for God in our culture right now is the brokenness in this area. And this is a a really important issue that we get clear on in the church of how do we provide hope. Um, So those are some reasons I think it's really significant as a church that we talk about this. Um, And then personally, it's honestly, I've had some struggles in this area. And so it's something I've had to grow in and and seek God on. How, How do I grow healthier from the inside? How do I deal with my inner world? I think our culture really looks at the externals, what's on the outside, what you can produce, how you perform, what you achieve, your degrees, your job, you know, your social media following, all that kind of stuff that Mm -hmm. is externals. And a lot is valuable. What we do on the outside of our lives with our actions um, do matter, but what's going on on the inside is just as important to God. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are some reasons I think it's significant. Mm -hmm. What do do you, would you add anything to that or what do you think? Um, I think uh, being able to have an answer for everything and this being a very topical uh, conversation for our culture in this time because Mm -hmm. statistics do show that it's rising or at least being more Mm -hmm. um, mainstream and aware to people and understanding that this is something that um, needs to be addressed, needs to have answers to, and we can find that in Christ. But Mm -hmm. um, as the church, how would you say we kind of... Uh, separate ourselves from cultural responses to Mm. approach this biblically? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, One, I think with a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. We, as a church, we're to lead with compassion on people who are suffering. Jesus showed that throughout his ministry. 
And this is an area where people are suffering. So I don't think we need to put band-aids on complex issues and we need to recognize there's some nuance to this conversation. So we don't have to have all the answers, mm -hmm. but I think we can be the ones that admit, hey, we have issues, we have brokenness, we need God's help in this area of our life, especially with learning to handle things like anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts. And in the Bible, the, God's not scared of this conversation. I think I mentioned that before, but like mm -hmm. uh, the Psalms are filled with prayers that mm -hmm really express the raw, gritty, dark side of the human experience. I mean, a lot of the psalmists are dealing with things that sound depressed or sound anxious or, or scared. I mean, it's expressing these, these really dark feelings to God and hanging on to him as their only hope in the midst of a broken world. So God doesn't just make all of our problems on the outside of our lives go away when we start following him. And he doesn't make all the problems we have on the inside of our lives go away. The fear, the insecurity, the doubt, the, the even dark thoughts that we have around anxiety and depression or suicidal thoughts, like those, those are part of the human experience that we have to learn how to bring out into the open. And when we bring them into the light, then Christ can shine on them. But when mm -hmm. we stuff them down into the darkness yeah. and, and try to act like we're not struggling with them or we, we don't have issues with that, then God can't help us. Other people can't help us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that we can start doing is, is have compassion on this issue in our culture. Um, and then in terms of what separates us is I think our culture really looks at in ourselves for the answers to find hope. And you hear a lot of mm -hmm. self-help and self-healing and self-care. And there are some practices there in the self-help movement that we can learn from and actually probably ultimately come from the Bible, whether they know yeah. it or not, because um, God, God cares about us as people. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, self-help only goes so far. And this message that you're enough and if you just believe in yourself, then things will get better. I think that's part of the brokenness our culture is feeling because that doesn't really work. Like mm -hmm. we can't heal ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. And it's only by admitting our brokenness to the God who made us that we can begin to find a deeper sense of peace and acceptance and hope in the midst of our darkness. And so the gospel doesn't say, hey, help yourself. It says, actually, you need help. You need God and other yeah. people to help you. And it's good news to admit that. It's good news to admit that you don't have to be your own savior. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be your own so source of hope. There's a source of hope greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and this is getting a little bit of a tangent, but it is related. I read a book a number of years ago by a sociologist named Jean Twinge, and it was called Generation Me. And she's done a lot of research on this generation and how this rise in anxiety and mental health issues um, is, is related actually to the rise of the self-esteem movement. That over the last 20 to 40 years in American culture, there's been an incredible increase in messages around express yourself, believe in yourself, find your authentic self. And at the same time, there's been a rise in all kinds of technology like medication, uh, ability to communicate and connect with other people at any moment. Um, and you would think with all those positive messages, and with all this progress in top technology, our culture would be getting better, but it's actually getting worse. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't diagnose it as a Christian, but is just shedding light on the correlation between the rise of these issues and the rise of self-help messages. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a sign of our need for the gospel, mm -hmm. that it's Christ that's our hope. Mm -hmm. And as we turn to him, we find a strength that's greater than ourselves. 
And I, I love that about the AA movement, that they kind of took those principles from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and said, hey, the first step to healing is to admit that your life has become unmanageable. Like mm. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Admit you don't have it all together. And then you'll be able to enter God's kingdom, live in God's kingdom, live with a greater peace as you surrender control to him. And then believe, the next step, admit, then believe that there's a God that can restore you to sanity. And A movement um, distanced itself from Christian language because a lot of people with addictions struggle with um, the baggage of religion. And so they, they just kind of like allowed you to name God as you understand them because the goal of that movement is to help people become free from addiction. It's not the mission of the church. And But the principle really comes from the Bible. And the good news is that we can believe that Jesus has come to restore us to sanity. And that as we turn our life over to him, we begin to grow in the peacefulness in our spirit and our mind. He gives us a sound mind and doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Um, and so that's the third step is to commit to turning our life and will over to him. Mm -hmm. And that's a process. That's actually the process of discipleship. And that's how we grow healthy from the inside out is just the daily surrender of our real thoughts, our, our real feelings, um, our real experiences to God and letting him um, really be our king. And so it's interesting that even some of the, the principles that have guided movements that have helped I mean, millions of people break free from addiction come right from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, mm -hmm. What would be uh, for anybody listening um, that's going through it right now and is just like, man, like I do struggle with mm -hmm. having good, healthy uh, mental health. Um, what, mm -hmm. what are some good steps that they can take to begin this journey if they don't feel like they have started already? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is to take a step towards community. Mm -hmm. So who's a safe person that you can trust enough to mm -hmm. let into what's really going on with you? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's always the tactic of the enemy it, to isolate us mm -hmm. and to make us think we're the only one and no one can understand us. Yeah, It's interesting. Um, we looked at the story of Elijah in First Kings 19 and at, at Yam on Sunday night. And we talked about his struggle with mental and emotional health. Like, and it's amazing, like right after he had one of the most epic moments in the Bible, mm -hmm. like he was a part of this moment when God brought fire down from heaven and showed yeah. like all the prophets of Baal that, he, that this was the real God. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I mean, one of the most amazing moments in the Old Testament. And then the next chapter, he's suicidal. He's scared for his life. Jezebel's coming after him and he's hiding. He's alone and he expresses that he'd rather not live. He's, mm. It's like he's depressed, he can't move. He's just lying under a tree. <laughs> and God shows up to him and, and, and cares for him. He sends an angel, gives him food. And so that's another thing. Not only do you need to take a step towards community rather than isolation, but like care for your body. That is part of like where the self-care movement is helpful. Like the angel doesn't show up and give him a sermon. He gives him bread. <laughs> he gives him like a glass of water and says, take a nap, get some sleep. Like you're not thinking right, basically. Yeah. And so sometimes when we're having really dark thoughts, it's good to get some perspective by just resting, by mm -hmm. taking care of our body, by going outside, taking a walk, mm -hmm. um, remembering there is a God that created everything and I'm not him, um, eating some good food, 
mm-hmm. and, and really connecting with somebody that you trust. And so the, we all need a safe person, a lifeline, if we're struggling, especially when we're struggling with mental and emotional health, that just can be with us. And that was the, the cool thing about God sending the angel to Elijah. Um, the angel didn't fix it. He gave him some food and water and it was just with him. And then kind of gave him the next step. And so Elijah rested up and then went into uh, this the mountain, this Mount Sinai, actually, where Moses received the Ten Commandments, a pretty significant mountain in the, in the Old Testament. And God shows up in his life in a very surprising way. And so as Elijah took the next step, God showed up not in the fire or the earthquake. And it's this very dramatic story about kind mm-hmm. of all these natural, um, you know, kind of like big things happening. But then God really whispers to him in the silence. And so learning to quiet our, our, our thoughts, especially when they start spiraling, people that struggle with anxiety or depression, you can get in these like really negative thought patterns. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament says to, to learn how to take your ca- thoughts captive. Um, and so it's like learning to quiet your mind and, and take captive the thoughts that are leading you in a negative direction Mm -hmm. and then to sit before God with them, to let God remind you of what's true Mm -hmm. and to speak into your soul. And so I think there's a depth of healing that happens mentally and emotionally when we sit in silence and solitude with God. That's why Jesus was constantly going off by himself to spend time with his father, just Mm -hmm. not just to care for his mental and emotional health, but to, to connect with the source of life. And I think sometimes we just we, we try to control things that we can't control and we get anxious about things mm-hmm. that we really can't do anything about and then we miss the steps that we can do something about mm-hmm. and so when we can quiet our mind and heart and begin to listen to what god might want to say for, to us um, that can help us get to a more peaceful or sane place um, the other thing that we can do is is really like spend time in god's word i mean Spending time in silence and solitude is helpful, like actually learning to listen to God in prayer, but then reading God's word and just looking for like one thing that sticks out to you, that reminds you of what's true about God and what's true about yourself. Um, I think sometimes there can be some anxiety even in my reading the right thing and, and just, just picking a song maybe and just reading through it a few times slowly and just asking yourself, hey, what's one truth about God or myself he really wants me to know right now? And that can help reset you when you're going through difficult and dark times and emotionally, mentally. Um, and then th- this is after Elijah experienced God in the silence, then he s- sent him back into community. So basically, he didn't just leave him there on the mountain alone. <laughs> and he just gave him a next step. Elijah actually thought he was the only one left that loved God in all of Israel. And he was telling him this like kind of self-pity victim narrative story mm-hmm. inside, which can happen to us um, when we're going through some difficult, like, hey, no one understands me. Uh, you can't believe what they did. And we just start blaming other people. And mm-hmm. none of that we can do anything about. Yeah. And the enemy tries to devalue <laughs> the people who are able to help you around you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that we don't actually get out of it. Yeah. But... God says to Elijah, go back, just go to the place mm-hmm. I'm going to send you. And there'll be 7,000 people waiting there for you mm-hmm. that love me yeah. and are not bowing down to ball. And so it was just taking that next step back into community where he found courage and strength. And that is why we need community. The, the word in, uh, encouragement literally means to give courage to other people. And we find that together mm-hmm. because it's in community where we're reminded of the better story that we believe. Mm-hmm.
of the gospel mm-hmm. and that even the worst things we've done that we carry on inside, we might not want anyone to know about us that might be giving us fear, anxiety, that if someone found out this out about me, they might not accept me. Mm-hmm. That's forgiven in Christ. And mm-hmm. when you experience that from a brother or sister, when you can confess your sin to them and you can experience forgiveness and grace, it begins to heal stuff inside. It, it, it changes your mental health. I remember I had an old mentor that said he thought the majority of people that he visited in psychiatric wards were just consumed with some kind of unresolved guilt mm-hmm. or shame. Mm-hmm. And so it's the gospel that forgives us of our guilt mm-hmm. and heals us of our shame. It gives us value and dignity to know that when we don't feel good enough, we don't feel like we have what it takes, actually it's through Christ that we do. And that's the, the beauty of the promise that Paul talks about when he talks about dealing with anxiety in Philippians 4, to not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer to present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And then he talks about rejoicing always, like setting your mind on things that are noble and true and beautiful. So whatever is noble, whatever is true. And so we do have a choice of what we set our mind on and learning to set our mind on things that, that feed us in a healthy way, that, that lead us toward God's purposes rather than away from them. It's a part of growing in mental health, emotional health. Um, and that's where we find the power that comes from Christ, that I can do all things mm-hmm. through Christ who stre- strengthens me. Um, but that's not always easy. I think it's actually encouraging to know that Elijah had this really dark moment after one of the most epic moments. Like mm-hmm. even the most powerful prophet of the Old Testament still struggled with depression, suicidal thoughts, fear, anxiety. And he had to learn how to find God in the silence. Because God was gracious enough to show up and to say, hey, I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Have some food. Here, I want to whisper into your soul. Here, I'm going to send you back into community. And so, you know, our confidence ultimately isn't even in our ability to get it right, but is in Christ's grace and presence in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think having um, mm-hmm. maybe a misunderstanding of mm-hmm. how our purpose is fulfilled, putting mm-hmm. too much weight on us can definitely cause some of that anxiety, mm-hmm. at least in my life. Yeah. Um, looking at the future and being like, God... Um, I feel like you call me to big things, but I'm not big enough to do that. And forgetting <laughs> mm-hmm. that he is. Um, yep. And uh, just letting, yeah, those thoughts kind of intrude and um, say lies. And just mm-hmm. remembering to, um, like, take captive, like you were saying, of those thoughts. Like mm-hmm. it says in the New Testament, to remind yourself of what God um, has already said. Uh, hold tightly to that and do it even when... The enemy's trying to blind you of that and just mm-hmm. take practical steps of um, stewarding well because that's what God calls you to. Mm-hmm. It's not just repetitive things. It's not pointless things. It's good things. It's how he wants us to live. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that builds um, like the kingdom. Like a, a castle isn't built but with one stone. It's mm-hmm. multiple brought together at, mm-hmm. um, that makes point. it beautiful and strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just trusting that process and understanding that castle is going to be built faster with more people, not just doing it by yourself. So yeah. bringing that community there um, to help you in that, uh, being honest with them mm-hmm. um, about struggles and um, also about what you feel like God's calling you to, because sometimes that can mm-hmm. be um, a little crazy too, because you don't fully have an idea um unpacked and you don't know how to get there. So you're like, is this too big to like share or too crazy to share? Um, but just being honest about that, 
and doing life with uh, people. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, having that grace, compassion mm-hmm. to hear people out, to understand we're all in this journey together. Mm-hmm. We're all figuring out how to do it to the best of our abilities mm-hmm. and how we can uh, encourage each other. I, I love that uh, definition of community, mm-hmm. uh, encouraging one another, mm-hmm. um, celebrating their wins and wanting what's best for them mm-hmm. and not being envious of others, but inspired by them. Yeah, and, that's a really good point. And I think that's so important to be able to celebrate the the gifts that we see in other people that we might not have. Mm-hmm. That's a part of Christian community. That's mm-hmm. why we're in a body, yeah. the body of Christ, where we all mm-hmm. have different gifts and different callings. And I, just to speak a little bit more to what you said, like courage is actually the the willingness to step into our fear rather mm-hmm. than being bound by our fear. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think, you know, courage is the absence of fear. Like the really courageous people yeah. of the Old Testament or, or even the, the apostles like didn't have fear. Have you read the Bible? <laughs> like they were filled with fear. That's why God said so often, don't be afraid because we're afraid. Yeah. And the the source to deal with our fear is that God's with us Mm. and his presence is stronger than the fear that we're facing. And Mm. so we can step out in faith because of who he is. Mm. And when we do, we find fruit on the other side. Mm. We find goodness on the other side. And I don't know how many people I've talked to at Yam, even the courage to take the step to come to community was like Mm. so anxiety producing. I don't know how many Mm. people struggling with mental and emotional health out there out there that I've heard because we have a lot of people that have been honest about these issues in, in our community and were people that have been in their car not wanting to come into YAM because they're so anxious and then mm-hmm. once they do they find love and acceptance and belonging mm-hmm. and not always instantly it takes some time to build community we're not perfect mm-hmm. but that's the kind of community that we are for each other mm-hmm. and so just taking the step into community is so important. And especially when you, you mess up, I mean, you, you the mm. tendency is always to isolate yourself, mm. but man, when you can come towards people and confess the real stuff and experience forgiveness, it actually makes the grace abound in you. It makes you, makes us more motivated to want to obey the next time because we see that the, the way that we blew it actually felt worse. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how, what Jesus taught in the, the, the sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn their sin. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that actually when when we're we're hurting when when we've blown it and we feel bad about it that's actually a sign of the holy spirit in us convicting us leading us to find courage mm-hmm. to be forgiven and set free to mm-hmm. to actually obey the next time and so um, wherever you are in your journey we want to encourage you to take, come towards community i know there's so many people out there dealing with mental and emotional health issues and i was talking to uh, another person in Yam recently, they spent some time praying at the NC State campus for just God to lift the spirit of anxiety and depression. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of overwhelming when you start looking at the statistics that so many people are dealing with these issues and the best source of hope that people have in our culture to turn to is counseling. And counseling can be really helpful and a part of how God brings healing into our life. But the list for getting in to see a counselor takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And if counseling is our only source of hope, then that's a meeting once a week. And so as a Christian community, I think we're called to step into that gap and be the kind of friends that are compassionate, that listen, that provide a safe place for people to talk about 
the stuff they're dealing with and to open up about it. Because I think most counselors would admit a lot of the people that they see really just need a good friend to talk to Mm -hmm. (laughs) and need to have a community where they belong and are accepted and can talk about some of these dark issues in their life and know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of our calling is, is the church that we can step into and to be those kind of friends. And I think sometimes... What gets in our way of that is we're uncomfortable with people's pain. I know I've been at times, and so I want to give the Band-Aid Bible verse, or I want to give the answer, the quick fix, when we need to be with people. We need to have that compassion and curiosity and help them really come to grips with what's behind some of those things and to affirm the courage it takes to be honest and to share, Um, and then to be willing to pray, to step in and, and believe in the power of God that can meet us in our weakness and that's the good news that we have to offer, that, um, that Jesus came to love us where we are and showed us that he's not afraid of the darkness inside of us and he wants to bring light. So. Mm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I heard that you mentioned uh, Inside Out, the Pixar oh, movie, at, yeah. at, at, while you were talking. You um, heard that? I, I heard about that, and I thought it was funny because um, you made a, a point in it that I heard uh, that there that grieving and sadness is mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. It's not just something to be tucked away like they um, show in the movie of that not being the good thing to do. Um, there's, mm-hmm. Even though we want joy, we want, we want to experience that. Um, sadness is something that um, needs to be expressed when appropriate because there is sin in this world, mm-hmm. and that grieves God's heart. Mm-hmm. And that's something that if we want to be Christ-like, we have to learn how to grieve that as well. So. Yeah. Grieving your own sin when the Holy Spirit convicts you, not just um, though it's important to like accept forgiveness and mm-hmm. um, move mm-hmm. on, but also understand the grieving process that yeah. allows you to, like you were saying, have an understanding of the weight of the sin, mm-hmm. to understand um, how bad it is, how painful it is for you. It in um, my times in the past of. I've tried to like set aside more time than I wanted to to grieve over mm. um, issues. That way, I I grew in the understanding of uh, God doesn't want me here. Mm. So let me put on His heart, put on His understanding to really just look at situations and grow uh, almost like motivation mm. to mm-hmm. to not do this again and to just remember easier because that's a a big thing that happens. Uh, for sin, for anxiety that comes around, like just remembering it and allowing yourself to have that grieving process, for me at least, helps remember it better and just kind of instills um, the memory of like God's grace and his goodness that is better than uh, Mm. anything that this world has to offer. Yeah, that's that's a great practice that you develop in your life. I think we tend to avoid wanting to grieve in our culture because we like happy feelings and we like uh, we like positivity. I mean, mm-hmm. really. And so learning to grieve our sin, our brokenness, the way that we contribute to our brokenness in relationship with God mm-hmm. and how we do things that grieve his heart, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then actually grieving the way that we've been hurt by other people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the other side of it is, you know, when you go through change, there's grief. When you go through um, trauma, there's grief. When you go through... Uh, a new a sense of loss, uh, whether it's a loss of a job or a loss of a relationship or a loss of community or 
uh, those things create grief in yeah. us. And taking the space to actually name those things, to write them down, it's helpful to have a, a gratitude journal and a grief journal, almost like yeah. two sides of a piece of paper to be able to name things as they happen to, you know, one of the quickest ways to build joy strength in our life is to be grateful, to actually appreciate mm -hmm. the good gifts God gives us on a regular basis and to mm -hmm. thank God for them. Thank God for who he is. I mean, mm -hmm. we can always thank him for his presence in our life and, and the character of Jesus and, and how he's with us, but also to, to grieve, to mm -hmm. name the, the loss that we experience. And I think my tendency is to run past those things. So I'm learning how to slow down and pay attention to how those griefs are affecting my soul and to just listen to what God might want to say about those things. And often he just wants to be with us and just let us know he cares. He doesn't just make it go away. It's one of my favorite Psalms. Psalm 56, eight says, God, it's like God collects all of our tears in a bottle. Mm -hmm. And it's this very intimate image of God sees us from heaven and he sees how big a deal the things are we're going through, the, the hurts and pains we experience from other people's sin and just the brokenness of this world and he cares mm -hmm. and we can now let go of those hurts and trust him with them. We can forgive other people and we don't have to carry around that um, just other people's brokenness inside of us. So that's a part of growing healthy too, is just grieving your own sin and then grieving the pain that you experience in this world. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of deep thoughts today. Yeah, I feel like there's plenty of more rabbit trails we could go down <laughs> in this conversation and unpacking it more. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, do you have any closing thoughts, encouragement uh, for mm -hmm. the Yam fam as you usually offer to others? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. I, I do think this is a big issue in our culture. It's not just in our culture, but it's, it's in our community. Mm -hmm. And I've appreciated the vulnerability of so many people sharing mm -hmm. honestly and just because um, God cares about all of us, the mental, emotional, spiritual brokenness we experience uh, doesn't mean we might not need some more help in our life. Like we do need to practice these biblical principles that we talked about today and, and building strong community together, spending time with God alone, learning to connect with him around these you know, dark thoughts and feelings and, and letting them into those places. But, you know, counseling can be helpful. Medication sometimes can be helpful. And so God works through natural means and spiritual means. And so, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling, you need help. I just want you to know you're not alone and there's not easy answers sometimes, but you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. If mm -hmm. you can talk to a leader at YAM, there's an adult you trust, um, a Christian you look up to, man, they'd be so honored just to say, I'd love to talk and know about what's really going on. And if you let them know you're struggling, um, that's that's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. And I think I want to become more of that kind of community. I think there's such a heart to help people find hope at hope. And this is an area where God can really provide a lot of healing um, in a culture where there's so much brokenness. So appreciate you joining with us today. If you found it helpful, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Um, and we're going to be looking at this issue a little bit more practices that can help us grow stronger emotionally, spiritually, mentally at late night the next few weeks. So we'd love to invite you to come join us. Awesome. We'll see you all next week. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Take care.